This episode of The Legend of Retro is sponsored by Detroit Beard Collective. Dot com, where you can find beards of all shapes and sizes. You can find your collection. Nope, you can find beard supplies such as beard balms, mustache wax, beard elixirs, combs, shampoos, all the tools you need to feed your beard. Not not necessarily purchase collections of beards. Where do I get a beard though? From your own face, typically. Now, you're an unfortunate fellow who who obviously can't grow a beard too well, but if you are a person who has great facial hair, Detroit Beer Collective is the one to help you out. I'll tell you what, I may not be able to grow facial hair, but I sure as hell can appreciate it. That's right. And you know what I can do? What? Spend money. That's right. You go on DetroitBeerCollective.com. If you spend $25 or more, you can use the offer code MCGAMING and get 20% off your order. That's great. That is great. I so, can spend more money on beards that way. Right. Uh, well, what? On beard items. Thank you. That's, I'm scared now. No, don't be. That's, That's okay. So so thank you, Detroit Beer Collective, for sponsoring this episode of The Legend of Retro. Remember, everyone, use the offer code MCGAMING at checkout and receive 20% off your order of $25 or more. And get some beards. Supplies. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Legend of Retro Podcast. This is Xander. And Craig WK. And we're talking about uh, something newish, probably the most... That's not the most recent game we've... Uh, yeah, because we've talked about Shovel Knight. That's definitely the most recent thing. Yeah, it's pretty... I mean, in you know, I mean, in the, the you know, time frame that we touch on games, though, 2002 is uh, fairly recent. Yeah, and I don't think we've really done a spotlight on any GameCube games yet. Oh, really? Is this the first one? I believe so. Wow. Well... Soul Calibur 2, I guess. Oh, yeah, that's on, that's on yeah. that GameCube. That kind of counts. Uh, but this one, uh, is, it's going to be different. Yeah, this is kind of a weird one. This is a game that I own, technically, uh, that I've not played since probably 2003 or 2004. Okay, so it's been a long time it's since you played it. It's been a long time. Now, um, the last time I played it, I took it to a friend's house. Yeah? And... Uh, they had a GameCube, so they're like, oh, can I borrow this and keep it for a while? And I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. I haven't played it in a while. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that person like moved a couple times. Oh. Uh, and now is living in New York, I believe. Oh. oh. And I don't know where that game went. Whether or not he still has it, <laughs> oh, uh, whether man. it got put somewhere else. Uh, I'm hoping one day he'll be like, hey, I was cleaning out some things and I found this game and I remember it's yours. And I could be like, thank you. This is the best present anyone's ever gotten me as my own video game. <laughs> so, you guys already know the game. You read the title. We're yep. talking about Cubivore, mm-hmm. Survival of the Fittest for the uh, GameCube. Yep. Now, this was released on November the 5th in 2002. Now, uh, it's an action-adventure game, kind of. You take on the role of a little cube-shaped animal who has to evolve and climb up the food chain mm-hmm. to take down the killer cubivore and his henchmen who yep. have absorbed the power of the land itself. Um, just to give you an idea, 
the cheapest that I'm finding Cube of War for yeah. on eBay uh, with uh, incomplete. I'm saying with the box, the manual and everything. Yeah. How much? Two hundred dollars. Oh, Open. What? Yeah. Two hundred. Wow, I would not pay two hundred dollars for this game. Yeah, sealed. Uh, I'm seeing one here for five hundred. Wow, I you know, it, I, I I I'm honestly kind of flabbergasted because I I never played it. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, I I don't even think when when you had it, I played your copy. Yeah, and uh, so so you know, I vaguely have memories of you playing. And then otherwise, I just sort of did some research for this episode, and I felt like it was a less good EVO. <laughs> it was one of those. It was one of those games that uh, it was by Atlas. So, ooh, published by published Atlas. by Atlas. Yeah, we'll get to who made it in a little bit. <laughs> um, so it's one of those that was Atlas when they published games like to uh, base it off of pre-orders. A lot of times they'll they'll put a game saying, hey, it's coming, and then based on pre-orders is how many the copies they actually manufacture. Oh, which is why they made so few. Yes. I see. Now, that makes a lot of sense. And Be- some of these are, are just like so hard to come across, but I remember the, the place where I got it from, I ended up getting it for Christmas, but it was because I told my mom, like, hey, they've got this game mm-hmm. at our local Meyer, just oh. chilling in the case. <laughs> like, I would really like to get this game. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, it just even after I got it, they had a bunch of copies that just sat there for a long time, and it was only like a thirty dollars game when it came out. Wow, it that's it. It's not. I guess it's not that surprising that Atlas tried to publish it. Yeah, Atlas publishes some weird games. Yeah. Uh, now the game itself, though, was made by Intelligent Systems. Intelligent Systems, I know that name. You you do. Uh, Intelligent Systems. Uh, now, originally, this game was meant for the ill-fated 64DD add-on, which might explain the kind of lower graphic quality. Yeah. You know, it's it's. I mean, I wouldn't say it's an by ugly time, game. By the time it came out for the GameCube, they were like charmingly cute graphics. Right. Yeah. But if it had come out on the Nintendo 64DD, it would have been like, ooh, yeah, you're not <laughs> trying too hard. Now, uh, uh, Intelligent Systems is well known for a lot of game series. Advance Wars. Oh, yeah. Fire Emblem and Paper Mario. Yeah. They do a lot of great games. And this is honestly sort of the black sheep of the family. Yeah. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying it's a bad game by any stretch right. of the imagination. I loved playing this. Hey, and I've not played it to know. But when you look at their like game catalog, it's like, oh, okay, Advance Wars. Yeah. You know, you see some older, you know, uh, like Nintendo games. And then you see Fire Emblem, but then you see, you know, Cubivore in the middle of it. Yes, you do. <laughs> and it's like, huh, how did that happen? No one knows. But uh, yeah, Cubivore, it starts out, mm-hmm. um, you find out that in the when the world started, there was wilderness everywhere. Yeah. In color and happiness. And then came the, they, were, they look almost like chrome. Yeah. They're the, the colorless. And they started just devouring everything and taking all their own things for themselves. And there was one beast that had six limbs or six flaps, I guess. Because <laughs> that's a, a something important for the people who yeah. aren't familiar with Cubivore is it's all like polygonal shapes. Yeah. So you are a, a, a cube to start with. Mm-hmm. And you have like one little flap. Yeah. Like box flaps almost. Yeah. And there are a bunch of different animals, some that have like anywhere from one to six flaps, I think. I don't think it goes any higher than six, although I could be wrong. 
Um, and you kind of go through the wilderness and the survival of the fittest. You find things, you eat them. And yeah. eventually you, you find things that give you more strength or more, uh, they give you scars or you get horns or there's a bunch of different characteristics that you get. And once you get all six, you're considered like the master beast. Uh, but you're also trying to attract mates. You're trying to uh, procreate. You're trying to continue your species. Okay. Um, and the more flaps you have, the you know, the more desirable you are. Of course. You, I mean, that's how I choose, you know, my mates in dating. Yeah, you can get scar points to make yourself look tougher and more manly, or <laughs> or you know, attractive to the female population. And there were mm-hmm. you had to get like love points, and you go into the tall grass and and make love with other cube animals <laughs> to to uh, make your progeny, who you eventually carry on. Gross. Yeah, it's really weird and really out there, but it was. It was right up my alley. Like that's what uh, yeah. I loved is just like the stupid weird stuff. It's one of those games that when you like came over and showed it because I think you showed it off to me once. Yeah, if I'm not Sounds mistaken. Like me. And uh, I think like you you were like oh my god you got to see this and I just remember thinking like yeah this is a, this is a Xander game mm-hmm. yeah okay no I'm, I'm, I can see how this is gonna go. Yeah. Now. Oh, I will. I will point out. Uh, it's kind of interesting that you know this game did catch you, Xander, because one of the designers is uh, named Gavin Ito, who was a writer for Parappa the Rapper. Nice. And uh, the music itself, while what there's not a lot of music to the game. No, and in the music that is in there is very akin to like Minecraft nowadays. It's very like environmental, very my, environmental, very like there's nothing catchy to it really. It's just like there. There's like one piano theme that I heard. It's like theme two or something yeah. like that. And I and I heard that on online, and I thought like, oh, this is nice. You know, this is this is nice. But what's kind of interesting is it was done by a guy named uh, Hajime Tachibana, who was a member of a Japanese pop band called Plastics. Okay, who were really big in the late '70s and early '80s, and a lot of their songs have actually been covered in the West. I, uh, it's, I mean, the music's not bad, but like you said, it's not very catchy so it's weird that they got this guy from like a pop band to do this music when it was mostly like environmental sounds yeah. you know it wasn't really you know I, I feel like this guy's talent probably went to waste <laughs> now you mentioned that it was covered by a lot of western artists are there any specific songs you know there were I uh, the the names are escaping me I didn't write them down I didn't want to like take too much time to go through you know all these different bands uh, but I uh, I uh, I will do my best to try to find something for us here soon. Right, and by the we, end of this eventually episode, we're going to be grasping for straws because I, like I said, it's been more than 10 years since I played it last. And I'm really just kind of going off memory. Like I know you eventually started growing teeth and like you could like pounce on your enemies. Like you'd sneak up on them. Uh, you could lock onto them and then like jump at them. And if you had, if your teeth were strong enough, uh-huh. you could like, immediately rip off their limbs and just chow down oh that's how like crazy violent this game was even though it was like cutesy flaps and and cubes (laughs) like there were times where like you would you would see something and you would just like sometimes you would leap and grab and you'd have to like like a dog that's trying to pull a tennis ball like on a rope away from you like like shaking your head and trying to pull it as, as much best you could Oh, that's... And there were other times where you would just like run past and like leap out, and you would snatch off two of its box limbs just by having your fangs out. Oh, yeah, that's kind of. And then they grisly. like are crippling away, like <laughs> like flopping. No. 
and there's like a bestiary too so if whatever whatever like animal you were there were different flaps and different ways the flaps could go sometimes you're like a giant snake there are other times where like you had you had your main cube and you had two uh mm-hmm. two flaps on either side of your head with two more dangling down like you were like some kind of giant crazy like adat cube of war oh yeah so they were, there was just a ton of different ways you could go, and then the, the main one was like a lion. So you had like a lion's mane as well as like a like a back and then a front leg and back leg kind of body. That's it's kind of impressive that they were able to make things that grisly and sort yeah. of like kind of twisted. Yeah, and it and it was really like you get um, you can also grow a hump, so you get hump points, uh, which what? I would assume were for the love making aspect <laughs> that we not. mentioned before. No, it's just like you have a hump, like a camel has a hump. Oh. So you get hump points. You would get like a like uh, horn points, or you know all of these things that sound just like sexual hump points, horn say, points. This is scar points. This isn't going well. <laughs> uh, and you just were just doing that to be the best, the best cube beast you could be. And then once you were done, like your character died out, um, but then another one would come in its place. So like one of your one of your progeny shows oh, up. Oh, so so, so you start you off as a, I yeah. See. So you start off as like a pig, and then you become I want to say it's like almost like a snake or a reptile kind of thing. The main head of your animal ch- changed. Like you eventually were like a duck or you know something else. I don't remember all of them again. It's been like ten years. So no, that's I mean that's totally understandable. Now, I uh, uh, for the people who were interested, uh, some of the bands that have covered the plastic songs in the West have been. Uh, the Stereo Total, oh, who did the uh, version uh, that was on a Dell commercial? Oh, of course. You don't know, do you? No, that's okay. Uh, and uh, Pizzicato Five, Pizzicato Five. They did uh, uh, Baby Love Child that was in that Futurama episode. You know where uh, uh, Leela finds her parents? Okay, the end of the episode. Uh, yeah, that's that band. No. Okay, I thought it'd be like. You know, Tom Petty covered a man. <laughs> like, no. These guys were the ones who wrote, don't back down. And Tom Petty, <laughs> God rest his soul, came in. I said some it. bands in the West, okay. and I didn't I didn't <laughs> mention who they were for a reason. Fair enough. I'm sorry that I made you look that up. That's okay. Now, I did want to chat about uh, the 64DD, because I, I don't know how many people are all that, you know, familiar with it. The 64DD was... Or disk drive. Disk drive, yes. The 64 disk drive was going to be an add-on for the 64. Mm-hmm. It was originally planned to, like, you know, uh, have all these games that used it. Uh, Legend of Zelda was going to have add-ons. And basically, it was just basically, like, expansion packs, almost. Yeah. Almost like DLC, but, you know, you, it was a physical cart. Uh, originally, uh, Mother 3, yep. sequel to Earthbound, was going to be on the 64DD. The only uh, reason I knew what the DD was was because Earthbound 2 was going to be on it. Yep. Uh, and then Cubivore was was another one of these games. Uh, in fact, a fair amount of games that ended up going to the GameCube were... Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Uh, it never came to America, but there's a game called Doshin the Giant. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a god simulator type yeah. game uh, that ended up coming uh, to GameCube. They had references to uh, that in Smash Brothers Melee. Yep, mm-hmm. it was actually a game that I kind of was excited for. The graphics looked really kind of kind of charming, had a, like a charming look to them and stuff. And Almost like everything was cubes. No, that's Cube Four. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's what got me. <laughs> no, it was more rounded shapes. Okay, but uh, there were rounded shapes on these cubes, like clouds were just giant cubes. They had clouds painted on the side of them. 
the that sun was a cube. Lazy. The sun was a cube that had a sun on the side of it. <laughs> so it's all charming. <laughs> Very charming. So in Japan, Cube of War was actually published by Nintendo. They're, they're the ones who published it, but due to the poor sales, they were like, no, we're not going to bring this to America. It's going to flop. And Atlas was like, no, 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 no. I know a guy. His name is Xander. <laughs> I know this one guy. And they, So long as we put it in a mire in in Michigan, and he'll so, find it. And so Atlas. And he'll play it. And he'll loan it to a friend and never get it back. And he'll pine for the days that he did have it. Well, you can only shell out 500 bucks. That's true. But so Atlas the thought they'd prove Nintendo wrong. And they didn't. Because Cube of War did not sell no. that well. And they didn't really make that many copies. Nope. But it's a it's a it's a game to behold if you get the chance. Yeah, now there is uh, another kind of weird little thing I picked up while I was taking a look at this, Sander. Uh the Japanese name is Dobutsu uh Dobutsu Bancho, which roughly translates to animal leader. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing, though. The word bancho doesn't really... It's one of those words that doesn't translate especially well. It has, a, like, you know, kind of a multi-layered meaning. Yeah. And a bancho is... is Nowadays, it's like this, you know, like, trope in, you know, media, anime, movies, comics, whatever. Uh, but basically, they're, a bancho is, like, the toughest thug in a school. Okay. So, like, uh, uh, if you're familiar with, like, Yu Yu Hakusho, for, you know, our listeners that are into anime, a character like Kuwabara... Like the the you know the local bully who's the toughest at school would be a bancho, and so I thought it was sort of weird that the the title sort of implies that they're just a bunch of thugs. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what they were going for, I guess. I mean, I'll repeat: you jump out at animals and rip their <laughs> limbs off. Fair enough. I mean, you're not wrong. That sounds pretty bancho to me. <laughs> you're not wrong. That's pretty bancho. <laughs> Oh man, uh, but yeah, no. I uh, Four got a, a a pretty mediocre reception. Its average score was around seventy. Yeah, a lot of people really thought the visuals were charming, but not enough to think that they were all that great. Well, they were all wrong. I remember you could name your character, and of course, mine was Xander. Yeah. And you were like, uh, so the first thing you were was Mighty Might Piggy. And then your name. So you were Mighty, Mighty Mike, Mike Piggy, Piggy Xander. Xander. Yep. <laughs> Do you remember any of the other I names? don't. I really don't. And oh. I tried to watch some uh, some Let's Plays on YouTube. And believe it or not, there's not very many. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, it's almost like this game wasn't very popular. <laughs> yeah, go figure. But it was, I mean, it is a game that I, that I remember it's, that I got for Christmas that I mm-hmm. was really excited for, that I put a lot of time into, enough to years later take to a friend and be like, Hey, I understand the Wii's coming out, but check out Cubivore. <laughs> now, did they borrow it because they had the, the they GameCube? They loved it, yeah. Oh, okay. I was they just had the GameCube, and they're like, I want to play more of this game. This is so dumb, but I love it. You know, I feel like for for most people I've heard that have played the game, that's sort of been the consensus, where it's like, wow, this is dumb, but I love it. it but it's like surprisingly solid gameplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun to plan to go around and try to find all the different things and evolve all the different ways you can. Yeah, and just like every time you get close to being bored, all of a sudden here's a love making mini mini game, <laughs> or you're almost coming up on the next thing, the next predator that you need to take out, just enough to keep stringing you along. Yeah, 
that is sort of an interesting thing I I saw when I was looking at the videos, you know, on the game was uh, it's all like color based. So like certain mm-hmm. enemies are like blue and purple and yep. light pink and dark pink, et cetera, et cetera. And, and if they were rare, they had some sort of print on them, like a tiger print or a leaf print or like a zebra print. Oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and you could find more powerful variations by finding the the limbs that had that. I gotcha. Yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. It it. It reminds me a lot of EVO, which is a game I never really put much time into. EVO is basically Cubivore, but it's uh, side-scrolling. Yeah, and that's an Enix title, right? Uh, yeah, Enix uh, brought it over here in uh, America. Uh, Quint- Quintet might have made it. I'm not sure exactly. Maybe Enix did make it. I know uh, the guy who does the music for Dragon Quest did do the music for EVO. And EVO was just like... Evolving, you started as a fish, right? Yeah, in the very first level, like so, every world that you you know played in, you I you started as like about one of the weakest you know species around. In the like first world, it's you know you start as like a fish. In the second world, you like start as a like a salamander, and it's all you going throughout you know the you know history of evolution. And uh, but anyway, you know as like for example, the first level you know with a fish, you you know spend a lot of time eating other fish. And then you get enough points, and then you can buy like sharper teeth. Mm-hmm. And so it's all like it's all experience based, kind of, because when you eat creatures, you get like points, and then you spend those points in order to upgrade yourself. So it's sort of like an action RPG. Yeah, it sounds a lot like Cubivore. It really does. It's I I really really enjoyed EVO when I was younger, and I, I still do. It's a fun game, even if it's a little on the kind of slower side. You yeah, know, it takes a long time to level up and stuff. But I, uh, but no, it's. I feel like if I played Cubivore, I'd probably get the same feeling. I'd imagine, but better because it's Cubivore. No, 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 <laughs> no, not from what I saw. <laughs> no, it it doesn't look bad. It definitely looks interesting. It looks a little on the weird side. Does it look worth two hundred dollars for you? No, not no. even just a little bit. Not, not even a little <laughs> bit of two hundred dollars. Not even like a, a sprinkle of two hundred dollars. <laughs> it does not look worth that. Thirty dollars. I would probably pay thirty dollars. Like if if you said, "Hey, Craig, we found Cubivore." We went back really in time. Cheap. Meyer still has a bunch. <laughs> yeah, we built a time machine for Cubivore. We could do anything we want with this time machine, but we decided cheap Cubivore, Cubivore. was way worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would probably I would probably spend thirty dollars to to. Then to why it. didn't you? You're the reason that Nintendo was proven right. I have always been a Nintendo fanboy. Of course. (laughs) It's where my allegiance lies. I'm sorry, Atlas. I appreciate Persona. I appreciate the weird RPGs you bring us, but Nintendo needed to call, you know, they called in the favor to me. Fair enough. Yep. Um, This is going to be a shockingly short episode because I don't really have much else to say about Cubivore. (laughs) I honestly haven't had anything to say about Cubivore. I've only had weird, random trivia facts. That's all I could really drum up on the game because, honestly, even like the uh, the videos online, like there's like a few. There's not that many, and you know the one we saw was like these two obnoxious British guys. Yeah. Uh, another was like this group of like four people who weren't bad but they weren't like particularly interesting playing the game. They just sort of made weird remarks about it every so often and. That was about it. Like, there's there's a few other videos, but nothing really of high quality. 
Yeah. Yeah, nothing else caught my attention. So, yeah, it's it's uh, uh, not only is it a, a weird game, and let's face it, a lot of people like some weird games out there, but it's also a really weirdly obscure one where I'm not sure how many people will be familiar with the game, like who listened to this episode. And to top it off, even the ones who are familiar, I don't know if they're all that into it. Yeah, I I wish I had an answer for you. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, you know, I, I guess we'll always have retro relapse. It's true. Speaking of which, uh-huh. we can dive into retro relapse now that we have nothing else for Q before. Yeah, we sure can. Let's do it. Retro Relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. So if you listen to the episode where we took all of your questions, yep. a game got brought up that we said we would do. Mm-hmm. And we did it. Yeah, we sure did. So congratulations, Dwight. You made us play Biker Mice from Mars. For the Super Nintendo. Yeah, we, we gave it a shot. Uh, hmm. That we did. Here's the thing. I would not say Biker Mice from Mars was a bad video game. No, and I think um, if it was something that I had grown up playing, you know, if I'd spent more time with it, yeah. it would it would be a little more more fond in my heart. Yeah, it... Uh, I, oh, I, hang on, hang on. I forgot to mention... This retro relapse is brought to you by the good folks at Snickers. Snickers Candy Bar. Yep, because everybody deserves a chance at not being hungry, or whatever the slogan was they had in the game. I don't remember, but... Everybody the- deserves to be satisfied, or something like that. <laughs> the game is everybody's, sponsored. Everybody's winning quote was them holding a Snickers bar and promoting Snickers. It was ridiculous. All the, uh, the like, choose your racer was like, a mouse holding a Snickers bar. A different mouse holding a Snickers bar. <laughs> Some fat guy holding a Snickers Some bar. Some dude who looks like he belongs in a garage holding a Snickers bar. <laughs> Everyone I, held a Snickers bar. I played the 7-Up game, Cool Spot, and that game had less product placement <laughs> than true. Biker Mice than Mars sponsored by Snickers. Yeah. And that is ridiculous. That blew my mind. Yeah. Um... So it was very similar to, it was almost like a hybrid of rock and roll racing mm-hmm. and Mario Kart without any of the good music. <laughs> no good music. Uh, the, the, one of the, the real big beefs I had with the game is the fact that because the screen is fairly small and because it's just... Oh, so- yeah. We should also point out we only played multiplayer. We didn't bother playing single player. That's true. We didn't play single player. We, we only played you know together on this one. And uh, but like I felt like you would round a corner and you would not have enough time to like dodge out of the way of things. Yeah. And so there'd be mines on the ground and I'd blow up. And I was playing a racer who couldn't drop mines. I had the ability to jump, which sometimes didn't work. Yeah. You every character had it seemed like they had their own uh, power up. Mm-hmm. Everybody could get a Snickers bar, <laughs> which is like an invincibility star in uh, 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 Mario Kart. You you become invincible and super fast. Yeah. Like needlessly fast to the point where you start bumping into walls. Um, the character that I played out with or started out with first was a mad scientist. Yeah. Some mad. I don't even remember his name now. It's it's something fairly common. Carbuncle. Carbuncle. Yeah. It was a summon in a final fantasy game. Yeah. Yeah. And he had, if you, so every, at least all of the characters I played, everybody had some sort of like lean into the turn thing. Mm -hmm. Carbuncle had this arm that would reach out and grab the corner and spin him. Oh, that's weird. And it would give him a little bit of a boost if you nailed it right. Okay. Um, and other than that, he shot like a rocket out in front of you. 
for my guy, one of the rats, I don't know which, Vinny. which one. Vinny, yes. I played Vinny, who was one of the rodents. He would just shift. It Biker would just, mice. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I was still right. Still a rodent. Even if he's from space or whatever. Mars. Mars is in it's space. It's in the title, Craig. Mars is in space. I don't care enough about that cartoon <laughs> or this game to get it right. Well, the game's okay, but I. Uh, but no. So you you would you know uh, you would just shift to the left and right and center, and so it was this sort of weird like bumping move. I, I didn't mm-hmm. really figure out a very good use for it because I feel like in the game you're not really spending a lot of time with the other racers. You get into a spot. And then you just race and like you very rarely run into people. I felt like, yeah, there wasn't, it didn't really seem like a whole lot of competition because there was no like heat seeking attack. Nope. It was just, you need to hope that you're in the right spot to to hit these people or drop a bomb that they'll run over because they can't see it because the screen's too small. (laughs) Right. I feel like a a lot of the power-ups were all speed based. Like there was a skull that like would slow everyone else down, but you, there was like a, a, a stopwatch that would freeze everyone in place except you. Right. And so a lot of the moves weren't like, like you said, they weren't heat seeking. It wasn't turtle shells. There wasn't, you know, anything I felt like super interesting. It was, you know, I think the most interesting gimmick is that you could get a Snickers bar. Yep. A Snickers bar. I'm just going to say that one more time for those people who thought maybe we were joking. A Snickers bar. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we played two uh, two different races uh, mm-hmm. on main race mode or whatever that was. Yeah, and then we tried battle race, which, which was the same thing. It was the same exact thing. And I don't know. You couldn't choose your course, so we just played the same square shaped course as the first time and noticed no difference. I didn't notice any difference. There, there might be something with the mode. Maybe when you go through more of them, maybe. Uh, I'm not but, sure. But to answer uh, Dwight's question, if uh, Mario, Mario Kart and Biker Mice from Mars were, were to have combined, mm-hmm. uh, we would have somehow gotten a game that aged worse than the original Mario Kart did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like the original Mario Kart. I have a lot of fun with it, but... It's not so bad. I just... I, as someone who got really into the drifting thing, that's right. really not existent in the first No, one. it's not. It's really not. And if yeah. you try to play like it is, you're going to have a bad time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's... I mean, it's it's a little dated. It's... I think so long as you're not holding it to the standards of, like, later Mario Kart games and the features that were eventually added, yeah. it's a fine racing game in its own right. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the music's awesome. Yeah. That's one thing Biker Mice from Mars did not have. It's true. Good I would music. rather see a mashup of rock and roll racing and Mario Kart. Mario Kart with, like, even better music? Yeah. I don't know. Mario Kart had some sweet calypso it did, going. But imagine some really <laughs> awesome like rock guitar and some I was gonna say some metal covers and stuff. Yeah. That'd be pretty great. I uh yeah, I, I you know, I I'd like to take a moment because, you know, maybe some of our, our listeners don't know, but uh Biker Mice from Mars was a cartoon mm-hmm. and a bad one. Yeah. It was pretty god awful. And and I've always been a fan of cartoons, so like even when other people were like getting out of them, I was still pretty into cartoons, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was a to the best of my knowledge, this is just me going off like the memory of commercials and like the the first like you know half minute of the episode of Biker Mice from Mars. Yeah, but to the best of my knowledge, it's about a bunch of rodents mm-hmm. from Mars. Yep, that come to Earth. Yeah. and decide to ride motorcycles, and Would- they they fight I don't know tyranny or something. Sure. That's stupid. 
It's dumb and I hate it. <laughs> oh, but hey, look, you're sounding pretty pretty upset. <laughs> you should. You're not really acting like yourself, Craig. You should probably have a Snickers. You know, I I think you might be right. Maybe I'll calm down a bit and and stop hating on biker mice from Mars. If I had a Snickers, aka rodents from space, <laughs> space rodents. God, what a bad idea. <laughs> who like who who really was seriously like sitting there and thinking like, hey, you know what? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a big hit, and and you know it's pretty interesting. Let's just replace them with uh, I don't know rodents, and instead of ninja ninjutsu, they they ride motorcycles. All right, let's get rid of the mutagen and make them from Mars. Okay, so uh, we'll sell a million toys. Yeah, at the dollar store, <laughs> where they eventually wound up. <laughs> yeah, certainly not Toys R Us. No, anyone who's shopping at Toys R Us doesn't want biker mice from Mars, and anyone who wanted biker mice from Mars. Couldn't afford Toys R Us. <laughs> you went there. Oh, That's man. actually not true. I'm pretty sure they were at Toys R Us. Sorry, Dwight. So, yeah. <laughs> Listen, Dwight, if this was like your looks, like, go-to looks like show. Craig, looks like Craig's the brutish one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, that's, man. That's cold, Obi-Wan. <laughs> Listen, if this was your show, if you if this was your jam and you really like Biker Mice from Mars, please know that I have no bearing on it. I've never seen a single episode. <laughs> You're going to no be like, and let me just say, if you did like Biker Mice from Mars, if this was your show, I have no respect for you whatsoever. <laughs> I, I do not respect you as a human being. No, I, I've never really seen the show. This is me being like the most petty and spiteful I can possibly be. Wow. Well, uh-huh. um... So only one question remains is on an 8-bit scale, what would you give the old biker mice from Mars? Honestly, probably like a, I don't know, maybe a 5 out of 8, yeah. 4 out of 8. I feel like if the music was better, I, I think I would probably do a 5 out of 8. So I'll do a 4 out of 8. It, it's not a bad game. Yeah. It had a few flaws. Honestly, I I would imagine maybe if I spent a little bit more time, because we didn't do the shop stuff. You can like yeah. you know, update your, your racer. We were just kind of trying to get the a quick feel for the game. You know, we, we didn't see all the features. So I, I think if we spent a little more time on it, we'd probably get a little bit more out of it. Yeah. And if we also grew up with it, I think that, you know, it would be bigger. And especially if we were into the cartoon. Right. I will say, I enjoy Snickers. It's not a Reese's, but, right? You know, it's okay. That was the redeeming quality for me in this game was <laughs> Snickers. Was Snickers. <laughs> I've never been much of one for like chocolate. Like I've just never, uh-huh. I've never had a sweet tooth for that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I always got excited at Halloween when I would get Snickers bars. Well, I I feel like the chocolate is sort of playing back up to the you know caramel and peanuts. Yeah. You know, on a on a Snickers. So it's true. So so here's the ultimate question though: You get rid of Snickers, what do you give the the game on a eight bit scale? With the Snickers, I was about to give it a nine. <laughs> Without though, without though, probably yeah, a four. Oh, okay, yeah. And and again, it's it's one of those games that had I grown up playing it, I feel like I would I would probably look back a little more fondly on it. Yeah, but the isometric racing doesn't doesn't do it for me. I mean, even even as much as I enjoyed rock and roll racing, if the music wasn't in rock and roll racing, we would not. Enjoy we would not. It. Yeah. That's a thing, yeah, you know, yeah. It's. I feel like that isometric racing thing was was real big back then, but you know, once the Super Nintendo was out and you had like a game like Mario Kart where they used you know the Mode Seven in order to like, yeah. you know scale everything when it came to racing, I feel like it just sort of got a little outdated by that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, but but rock and roll racing is it's still kind of fun, but rock and roll racing also doesn't have items to annoy you. It had a, you you still get like rockets and stuff just like RC Pro oh, you had like true. random rockets and stuff but it doesn't lend itself to being played split, split screen very well 
Yeah. That might have also been had we played split screen rock and roll racing. I probably wouldn't have been like, oh, the music's cool, but come on. The fact that I had a full screen to see what I was doing made it a little bit better. That's true. Maybe if uh, we, you know, had done one player biker mice from Mars, it would have, uh, uh, you know, lended itself a little better. If ifs and buts or candy, or candy and, and nuts, we'd all have a wonderful Snickers bar. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Snickers. It's true. <laughs> Uh, so we'll go from retro relapse into our RPG protagonist battle for this ah, week. Ah, yes. Where are we at with these RPG battles? The battle this week yeah, uh, is another Chops versus Chops. <laughs> it would be. Yep. Uh, Isaac from Golden Sun mm-hmm. versus Vivi from Final Fantasy IX. Oh, that's right. You chose Quena from Final Fantasy I IX. I did. I really like Vivi. Vivi's pretty great. Vivi's pretty awesome. I, I really enjoyed the adventure of Vivi, which also is known as Final Fantasy IX. Yeah. Vivi's- without Vivi, we don't have Black Mage Village. And without Black Mage Village, we don't have one of the best songs in that soundtrack. That is a really good song. I mean, Vivi, in, in and of himself, I mean, he's just a Black Mage character. But the one of the cool quirks for him is that if he's paired with Steiner, mm-hmm. the knight character, he gets to use, like, Magic Sword. Or Steiner gets to use Magic Sword ability. You yeah. know? So he gets to, like, you know, cast fire on his sword and do more damage and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Vivi's, you know, adventure in Final Fantasy IX, which you guys have talked about Final Fantasy IX yeah. in the past... But uh, I mean, it was it's pretty emotional having yeah. you know Vivi, who's essentially just a kid who realizes, oh, I might not be a living creature. Yeah, I might be like a uh, golem, I'm actually, kind of a robot. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. And yeah. So and they do a good job. I feel not even just with Vivi, but I think like a lot of the other characters, they really kind of spoil Vivi. Mm-hmm. He sort of becomes this like little brother character to like Zidane and yeah. stuff. And I feel like that really, really lends itself not only to Vivi's own story and stuff, but also to the main narrative and the main character, you know, Zidane. But uh, uh, Isaac is also pretty cool. See, Isaac, I can't I can't speak to as much. I played I played the original Golden Sun when it came out a mm-hmm. little bit because I borrowed it from a friend of ours. And I remember enjoying playing quite a bit. And I remember, yeah. like, the giant hand move that comes out. Uh-huh. But I never, I never got super far into the Golden Sun games. I've never beaten Golden Sun. And uh, it's a game that, one of those games that I just, I you know, I just need the time to be able to sit down and be able to go through it. You know, it's a little harder yeah. at being a handheld. But uh, but no, Isaac is, uh, uh, he, he ends up getting, you know, well, he, he, uh, everyone from his village get these, like, uh, synergy, I think they call it, powers. Like, alchemy yeah, powers so. or something like that. And uh, he goes off on this quest to, to save the world from these, like, you know, this team of villains and stuff. But, uh... But no, he's he's pretty cool. He's a, a pretty dependable guy. He's the you know he's the hero for a reason, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know it's it's a, a, a pretty fun adventure. But I don't know between the two, I might gotta give it to Vivi myself. Yeah, that's where I would I would lean as well, just because I don't know Isaac as as well as I do. And Final Fantasy IX is one of my favorite games. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's. I still think Queen is better, but you know whatever. The votes have spoken. <laughs> Why you all hate blue mages is beyond me, but blue mages are the best mages. Blue mages are pretty great. They they use their enemies' abilities against them. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You got to put in some work, though. It, you know, I think that's the thing that people don't like about blue mages is you need to do the work. Y'all a bunch of lazy jerks. Y- you know what? I blame this this blue magic hating on all of your laziness, listeners. Mm-hmm. This is all on you, not Why on me and Xander. What's that? Why don't you just do more things, guys? You know, you guys got to really step it up. I mean, I'm pretty lazy, but 
but I still like me some blue mages. <laughs> yeah, you're lazy, Xander, but not as lazy as our listeners. Yep. You guys really got to pick it up. You're really disappointing your mother and I. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, uh, I I think that's uh, about all we got for uh, today, isn't it? Well, yeah. And then the other thing to keep in mind is this is the last matchup in round two. Oh, after this, it jumps to the next round. Yep. We theoretically have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more before we find out who we're doing our spotlight episode on. Wow, that's a lot. Uh, and I'm just going to say I know what's happening next week. Uh-huh. And while it's it's a uh, it's an easy pick for me, I have a feeling this is going to be another one that people are like, this isn't fair. Why do I have to choose between these two? So it should be a lot I feel like that's fun. every week, pal. I feel like almost every week we have somebody who's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And so. they're not entirely wrong, but, you know. I mean, the, the matchups were going to happen one way or the other. It's true. Uh, so that's going to wrap us up for this week's very short episode of The Legend of Retro. Um, if you get a chance to play Cube before, I strongly recommend you do it. If you find it for cheap enough, grab it and then sell it back to somebody else who wants it more than you. <laughs> Pay for that copy of the game and then some. Yeah, I really recommend EVO, guys. And John, if you're listening, <laughs> I know you're in New York. But find Q before and let me know. Come on, John. You're a good guy. I know I know you can find it. Or maybe Simon has it. I don't know. One of you two. John or Simon. <laughs> you don't even know who has whoever, it. Well, it was at Simon's house. And but I lent it to John. Oh. And who knows, you know, if one moved out or, you know, whatever. Gotcha. If you find it. Don't just sell it. Don't put it in a garage sale, you dumb dumb. It's not worth anything. It's not yours. <laughs> it's not yours. <laughs> Give it back! Sandra, you need a Snickers bar. Give it back! You need a Snickers bar. You're getting angry. You're getting hangry. It's true. So that's going to do it for this this week's episode of The Legend of Retro. This has been great. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time when The Legend continues.